course, like many young people, watched porn. I remain open, open-minded, and like I said, time will tell. You know, young people are, are can be considered sort of the innovators when it comes to content creation. It's all about just chasing this algorithm. And that's kind of sad, because mm -hmm. I'm a product of the internet. Hey everyone, my name is Erin Ashley Simon. I'm a broadcaster, entrepreneur, and a cultural disruptor who's redefining what it means to be a creator. Welcome to Real Gems. I made Real Gems because I want to create a place for your favorite creators to be themselves, to be honest, and to give the real deal about what it means to have a career in front of the camera. Today's guest is a special one. Not only because she's my friend, but also she has done a tremendous job redefining who she is, her brand to the world in a society that constantly puts people in boxes and especially people who have come from a profession that she started in when she was younger but is no longer in please welcome dj writer streamer actress model ho girl it could go on and on please welcome sasha gray tomorrow's a new day tomorrow's you know? <laughs> a new day I, I want you to be my hype woman everywhere i go please I, I'm here. I'm here. I already told you. Listen, I'm here for whenever you need me. Like I said, you're my friend. And I am going to lie. I, I was a little bit nervous with this conversation because we've never talked. I, I mean, even with me, we never talked about our past. Like, we kind of yeah. just like, yo, you want to get food? Let's talk about food. Let's yeah. talk about other stuff, right? Exactly. You know? And, and then when I found out, like, <laughs> the first time you put ja, 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 I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, Sasha, that's not his What? But, like, <laughs> That just, it opened the door in terms of who you are. And I kind of want to open up the door a little That's bit funny. with the audience. And I want to start with your beginnings. You know, you moved to LA when you were young. Um, you got into the adult film industry. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your beginnings. So I graduated high school a year early. I'd always been like a really good student, but that last year of high school, I just kind of became a nihilist and started seeing things differently. And I, I, like there were questions I had and nobody had the answers to them. And I was like the last of my friends to lose their virginity. Mm. And I became very interested in different aspects of my sexuality that weren't okay to talk about with most people. Mm. And I, of course, like many young people, watched porn. And who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just disclaimer, who doesn't? <laughs> And so, yeah, it was something that I, I was drawn to. I, I saw it as a place to explore my fantasies in a safe space because mm -hmm. at the time, for you youngins out there, there were like message boards like Craigslist, things like mm. this. And those things were very off-putting to me. They didn't feel safe. Um, it's usually like the cliche of much older people and it didn't feel like something that, um, again, would be safe for me. So. I started looking into the industry more. I, I started making lists of different companies and different agencies. And then right after I turned 18, I took a bunch of photos. I sent them to agencies and like nobody was answering the phone. Nobody was calling me back or emailing me back. And I still came to LA, came here for like a week just to look at different neighborhoods and where I might want to live. And still nobody would meet with me. So I was like, I'll use this as an opportunity to come down and hopefully connect with an agency. And um, nothing, like zero. I'm on my way home, back to Sacramento, I'm from Sacramento, I'm on my way back home, and I'm, I'm on the freeway already, and I get a call from this agent, and he's like, 
yeah, I got your email. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that? <laughs> oh, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got your email. If, you're really, if you really look like your pictures and you're really into this and you have your own car and cell phone, yeah, I'll meet you. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll be back in L.A. in a week. And he was like, okay, give me a call. And his name is Mark Spiegler, and he is uh, he was my first and only agent in the adult mm-hmm. industry. So, yeah, when I came back to L.A. a week later with my belongings, the little belongings that I did have, came here. I was living in a pool house in North Hollywood, rented out because I had no credit score. We know how that goes yep. when you're 18. And, yeah, I was shooting my scene, my first scene within about a week of being here. So it all happened very quickly. Yeah, I, I wrote this mission statement that I sent out to different agencies along with my photos. And in it, I don't remember it verbatim, but like it essentially was that I wanted to explore my sexuality, mm-hmm. but also encourage other people to explore theirs and not feel like this shame and guilt that I had. Oh. Um, I grew up Catholic, uh, mm. so there was a lot of, a lot of guilt that I had um, about my fantasies and I wanted people to feel confident in exploring themselves without being judged for it and yeah that's that's how it all began wow you know it's fascinating because like you you still have those 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 values and those that Mm. that reason that purpose you still have it till today i mean like even when we have that conversation like even when we're on ven with the gray area Mm. and then like just even other things you're you're always about people being comfortable Mm -hmm. and sex positivity and you know, you were one of the best. Like you were, oh, thank you. You were award winning, and so you started to get in movies. You started to get kind of like a entertainment mainstream cross. Yes, mm-hmm. what do you say? Like cross promotion. Like you started to kind of like make your way into just the mainstream area. Mm-hmm. Like, how was that for you? Especially you, you were at a very young age too. Wow. It was challenging, you know. Now I feel like it's probably different. I think mm. because of the internet and social media, I think people are a lot more savvy. Um, they have a lot more tools at their disposal. Yeah. So like I was going into interviews and it was like I was bait to shark. You know what I mean? Mm. No matter how much I knew, I still didn't know. If that uh, makes okay, sense. Okay, that makes sense. I, kn- I know I, f- I always felt like I had to have my defenses up yeah. and people would spin things the way they wanted to spin them for their own benefit. Um, but to say that, you know, you don't have, I had a booking agent. It's mm. a booking agent. That's it. Think of it like a modeling agent. A modeling yeah. agent just books you jobs. That's it. Nobody's there coaching you. Nobody's there telling mm. you, like, this is how you handle these situations. So it was sort of up to me to navigate this space and figure it out on my own. After, like, my first one or two small experiences, I would start to, like, sort of rehearse things before I went into a situation just because I started getting burned so many times. Yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, it – and that's why I'm very curious about this conversation. And also another reason why I know people are probably like not used to me being like extra careful because like at the end, like you're my friend and I know this is a, this is an important conversation, but it kind of goes back to what we talked about where it's like, I wanted to frame this conversation in a, in a great way because you're, you're so positive about things. And, um, and I've learned so much from you and I, and I love how just like open and honest you are, uh, especially when you're in like a space, like we said, where we're, we're people are probably judging you before they even meet you. And when you decided to retire from the industry at 21 and you decided to make that transition, what did that journey look like? And 
what were the lessons and the things that you took away from that experience? You say I'm positive. Look, <laughs> you don't want to see me off camera. You know, it's really easy to stay negative. It really truly is. And that's, I, it's, I think for everybody, yeah. it's always a constant battle. Like, I just don't want to be that person that's outputting um, that sort of negative mindset, especially because you see it so much. Like, I can't tell you how many times I just have to close my phone, delete Instagram or Twitter for a week, mute people because it's just a constant feed of negativity. I don't need to put that out into the world. I don't think it's necessary. Um, anyways, how did I navigate that transition? Um, was that the question? Yeah. How did I navigate that transition? It wasn't overnight. It wasn't something that I just decided from one day to the next, like, okay, I'm done. It was a combination of several things that were happening at the same time. I'd finished, um, I just finished the girlfriend experience. I was doing a lot of press for that. And it was, it was like a year, almost a year of nonstop press. Um, I'd done another film called, a small Canadian film called Smash Cut. I was working on a photography book and I'd started and stopped a company in the span of like less than a year in the adult industry. And I felt like every side or both sides wanted me to pick a side. Mm. And I wasn't willing to do that. I truly wasn't. And it was 2009, end of 2009. So I, this company I had failed. The economy had crashed the year before and we were all still recovering. It wasn't even, uh, we hadn't even come back yet. And I saw all these other opportunities around me. I was also making music and it, it was just natural. Like I said, it wasn't one day to the next. I didn't even talk about it for two years because it just didn't seem necessary. I, I wanted and was existing in both worlds despite what people wanted me to do and people wanted me to take a, a stance one way or the other and I just didn't think it was necessary and I decided to figure it out on my own time, on my own terms. So it was definitely difficult because there was a lot of uncertainty. You know, you go from being a big fish in a small pond, as they say, to like navigating this new world and being completely unsure if any of it's going to work or not, but just taking it day by day. <laughs> but how has that impacted as you've been building your business? I mean, you've been, you're, you're a big streamer, you're, you're doing a lot of big projects, and I, and, I have, and I feel like there's probably still brands and businesses and people you interact with that either still hold your past over your head or can't look like like they can't interact with you mm -hmm. as like you're a professional, you're a mm -hmm. businesswoman. They're thinking as a consumer, if right. that makes sense. Well, it's sort of twofold. I think I, I know I learned a lot about my self-worth in the industry. And I know there can be a lot of people that will twist that and, and say and think what they want, but I really learned how to negotiate for myself, how to stand up for myself. And as a young woman, that's difficult in any industry, but especially when where you're selling your body, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what most people looked at it. I look at it as art. Most people look at it as just the black and white, what it is. And I think those experiences of learning how to negotiate for myself and stand up for myself built the foundations for what was sort of necessary to, in what was coming uh, in my future. There's not one right answer. I, I've worked with different teams. I've worked with different publicists and management companies and agents. And all along the way, at the end of the day, like you, 
you learn how to communicate with your team, right? And if you feel like there is a missing link or a missing piece, it's the same for anybody despite your background. You have to move on and, and, and find somebody that's compatible with you. And that can be really challenging, especially um, I used to talk a lot about sexism, but I, the, the older I got and the more reflecting I did, I realized a lot of things were ageism. A lot of things were based on the fact that I was young and inexperienced and people were telling me what they thought was best. And, and sometimes I would put too much trust into people or like I had a great idea and people shot it down. And today I would absolutely go after that idea, even if it was going to be a failure, yeah. like, or, you know, nothing is certain, but like, yeah, I, today I would have made different decisions than I did then for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think the industry gave me the tools and experience to deal with people and feel confident in decision making. Uh, in addition to that, I mean, what do you feel like was the most important lesson that like viewers who are, are tuning in can take away? Because like whenever we talk about hardships and obstacles and challenges, people vent a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people feel like these obstacles, these hurdles are preventing them from being successful. <laughs> but in actuality, I think that obstacles and hardships are just kind of like, I view them as kind of like pause periods mm -hmm. to figure out what do I need to do to adapt, to change. Exactly. It could even be the simplest thing as like, maybe someone on your team is not up to par. Maybe exactly. you're, you know, you're posting on the wrong day. Like really a pause to just reflect mm -hmm. and see what can I do differently. So for you, when you're going through these, you know, this new uh, this new redefining, rebranding journey, you know, what's the most important lesson that you learned as you were overcoming these obstacles? I don't know if it was just one, but it's true. I, I think trusting my instinct is one of the most important things. Definitely. Yeah, if, if you don't trust your instinct and if you don't go after what you want, then you're letting other people make decisions for you. I remember... I, I was like 20 or 21 and I had an older friend who said to me, well, I had two friends. One said, you have to know failure. And at that point, I don't, I think I was about 20 because 21 is when the company went under. So like around that age, they said, you don't know failure. And I was, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, what do you mean I don't know failure? I know failure, but I didn't say that, but I, I of course thought it to myself. And then I had another friend who, who said, you're just not experienced enough. And we we're talking about something that I had written. And they said, you're just not experienced enough. You don't have enough life experience. And again, I'm sitting here like, don't have enough life experience. What are you talking about? And even just like two, three, four years ahead of that, I start to, you know, everything in life uh, that presents itself as a challenge is a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And that, that makes you stronger. That makes your character grow. So at the end of the day, I do, I do think a lot of it is tenacity, not giving up and and failing and learning to accept failure because it does make you stronger. And also, kind of going back to what you mentioned about ageism, right? When we talk about creators, they always look at young creators, mm -hmm. like in high school or in college. But I've also seen people who found success later on in, in the creator economy. I mean, you and I are in our 30s, and I feel like we are starting, like we're finding our strides. Yeah. And it's a little bit later than some other yeah. people, but... It kind of goes back to like what we talked about where like even when we talk about creators they always talk about the young ones they never really talk about the older ones that are finding success later on well so much has changed in such a short period of time the speed at which we we see new content or get new content there's so much out there 
even in the past five years, things have just changed drastically. And so I think, you know, young people are, are, can be considered sort of the innovators when it comes to content creation. Um, they get, they get people to follow them and it's an exciting journey because you feel like you are part of their life. Um, this whole idea of like the parasocial relationship between creators and, uh, their audience, all of these things are so new. Um, but I was actually, this is kind of like, it goes off a little bit in the opposite direction, but (laughs) I was thinking about this, like watching TV series. If you think about it, even before social media, I think serial television sort of had the same effect is that, yes, we love movies, but TV, oh man, every week we get to see this character and it's relaxing because it's familiar. So no matter how basic the storyline is or how, or how poorly written it is or how poorly directed it is, you still show up because you like those characters. So I feel like content creation, social media now is sort of filling that void. And you also see it because of declining numbers in TV um, and so much competition in the space. But people's consumer habits have definitely changed. I think for us, like we've seen both sides of it. We've seen the before and we see what's happening now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a different challenge because you're learning to grow with it and grow with it gracefully and not try to act like you're some 18 year old doing a TikTok dance. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I, when I got TikTok, no. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. No. I'm going to leave dancing for the club. Yeah. That's that's off the gram, yeah. off the talk. That's why I do gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you on that. And, you know, uh, one thing that I, I see with you especially is is you're very much about representation, social awareness. You know, you even like, I got to give you thanks for helping me raise funds for the HBCU Esports oh, yeah. League. No, I really appreciated that. And you're not afraid to do those things. And I, and I also feel like sometimes, which is rightfully so, right? I feel like creators and talent who are as big as you are, you know, of course there's going to be that fear of backlash, fear of just the craziness that comes with like speaking up for things you find, think are right and speaking mm-hmm. up for things just like that are that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, and so for you, how do you navigate that? I don't feel I have a choice really. It's, it's natural. It's part of who I am. Um, I come from a marginalized industry where people are treated like the scum of the earth from certain people. Um, so I understand um, to a point, obviously I understand what it's, like to be on the other side. Um, I also grew up in a incredibly diverse neighborhood. Um, I had friends and family of different backgrounds. Um, so when I see injustice, it does not rest well with me. If I have an opportunity to use my platform and my voice to help other people out, it's a no brainer. Like, and you see a lot of performative action mm, on yeah. social media. And, you know, I might not be out here raising a million dollars for an incredibly large corporate charity, but I know the money that I do help raise goes a lot further. (laughs) (laughs) And that's important to me. You know, I, I, um, there's some, some people here in LA, some friends of mine, uh, Knock LA and Ground Game LA organizations that work directly on the street with people that are in need, um, helping low-income families find housing, uh, translation services for people that need it. Um, I mean, they do it all, and they're on the ground. And again, if I could use my 
my platform and my reach to do something no matter how small then then I'll do it but I can't lie like we talk about information and how fast we get information sometimes it's overwhelming sometimes it's super emotional um and I think that's fine you have to go through those emotions sometimes I have to again like shut it all down delete the apps for a week or so um but then you think about the people that don't have that luxury you know because their life doesn't exist on these apps the real injustices are not happening online um and I think it's really easy to like again be performative online with your words and and cute posts but that only goes so far (laughs) yeah and then you you also just gotta realize the internet is just a portion of the world it's not all of the world it's not every single person even though it sometimes feels like that on certain platforms but it's really not and plus girl i knew you were i knew you were part of the fiesta when you sent me that text like mike she sent me the text with like the ja 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 and i I was like (laughs) I was like, excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's how I knew you came from a diet. That's why I was like, wait, who, who did you grow up around? <laughs> who did you grow up around? Um, but no, I think that's great. I, and I also think like you talked about just some of the obstacles that you had to overcome. And one of them was like, you know, you talked about being taken advantage of and all these different things. And I'm very curious as your friend, because I'm sure you put me through this process. I mean, who doesn't? I put people through this process. How do you differentiate and, and, and what kind of process do you go through to determine if someone's actually there for you versus like, oh, I'm just here to be close with Sasha because she's popping. She got a lot of followers. Like, how do you know when it's genuine and when it's not? Time always tells. Like, time is the revealer of truth. So time reveals all truths, I should say. I I think you uh, – I might come off reserved, and I am, just because I'm, I'm a little bit shy when I first get to know people. But I'm also just a little bit quiet. I'm also the loudest person you can meet as well. So it really depends, like, which day you get me or what we're doing, what so we're So whether we're to. doing dinner acts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the thing is I don't want to be that person that closes myself off to other people, mm-hmm. ever. I think it's too easy to do that. It's too easy to be in your own bubble. Um my biggest concerns really are just like my personal safety, just from having gone through really terrible situations. That's my primary concern. So I have like ways to take care of that. But in terms of like the more superficial in getting to know people, um, I, I still, I just try to stay open. I remain open, open-minded. And like I said, time will tell. Um, sometimes it's obvious very obvious and you can see right through it and then you know you can just cut it but at the end of the day we all wear a mask anyways we all we all thrive better in certain situations than others and you just have to like keep on keeping on but i want i want to hear what what you do i think we (laughs) talked about this but i don't remember oh i think yeah i think we talked about over like i think me you and, and our gang Sorry, not a, it's not an actual gang. It's just friends, folks, okay? Uh, we talked about it over dinner, I think, because this is something I think that we all encounter, right? Where for me, I mean, I've never been, like, I'm not a name dropper. Like, I'm someone who, yeah. I'm not going to tell you who I know. Yeah. Because I feel like that obviously contributes to people wanting to get close to you, right? Like, it's actually funny the amount of times that people are like, oh, my God, you're friends with Sasha? I'm like, yeah. 
like we both worked mm-hmm. at event like yeah but i'm not gonna like i'm not the kind of person that's gonna go around and be like oh yeah. you know exactly. like because my thing is my relationships with my friends are my relationships with my friends and i wanted to be something special and i wanted to be just what it is but i i think one of the things is i don't do that also uh it's a, it's a lot easier in la than in new york to do it i like to do one-on-ones yeah i like to have like meeting up one-on-ones one-on-one conversations yep. or one-on-one dinners and see if actually people follow through with it yeah and if they follow through it more than once because people in la will say hey let's hang and then they'll never do it more than once that's yes. the key right there yes that's more the than right once there. and and having some consistency in that and i'm also like i also observe in the conversations like mm-hmm. what do we talk about what kind of energy do you put in the conversation? Mm-hmm. Is it positive? Are you gossiping? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how those. Much, how much concern do you have for other people? Yeah, how many concern? How much concern? Right are you passionate about something? Yeah. Are you just asking me about work stuff? Right? Like, is it is it a fun conversation? Like, I mean, granted, sometimes we do. I mean, we talk about work. We've yeah, been we about work do, stuff, but, but like, it, to what extent? Right? You're not and, di- you're not digging for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Um, if you don't mind, if just an example with us, uh, we talk. I when you brought up that you were by in mm-hmm. the show, I was like, wow, she just said this on just like just casually. What the hell? Okay, and you know, for a period of time, I was still kind of like, kind of going back and forth about being open and stuff like. And obviously, like now I am. Yeah. Like <laughs> I can't hide it. I got short hair. People assume anyway. <laughs> they assume they're like lesbian. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you know, I was talking to you because I was very curious and like, just, you were like, we didn't even meet yet. We knew we worked in the same company, Yeah. but you were just like so open and like with me asking questions and you were just like, you were there in a very comforting way about me just being like asking questions. Mm-hmm. And then like from there I was like, Oh, you know, I'd love to connect. And you were like, yeah. And you went through with it. And yeah. I think like that was such a genuine interaction that that really told me okay she's she's a genuine person like yeah. she really is like a, a you know a good a good person and i think that's 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 for me how i've been able to tell and like experience right exactly I, we're at yeah. a point now where like i could sniff it out in a second from yeah. like a 15 minute conversation and be exactly. like oh okay yep yeah i see what you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean but also you you you've met good people and you've met friends and and so for you like you know people may feel like you can't make friends people may feel like it's hard and challenging but for you like you have so like what about like the the positive side of it like you know because you're so true to yourself I'm sure that gravitates other people who are like-minded yes it's incredibly difficult to make real friends right like you have layers to it you have layers you have I have friends that I would never introduce other friends to because also because I know they're not going to get along, but definitely being in this city um, in itself is a challenge. I think any major city is, but especially LA. Um, look, I bond over like very simple things at the end of the day, good food and good conversation. <laughs> and if you can get down like that, then we're probably gonna be friends. Like I can't stand people that don't eat. It drives me insane. <laughs> If I cook for you and you're like doing this, twirling your food and hardly taking a bite, I know we're not going to be great friends. I know, I know it right then and there. Um, 
But yeah, you know, I also have friends that I care deeply for that I know if if I was in dire need of something, I could call them up and they would help me. And I never see them. Yeah. I've they don't like live that. here. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I have friends in, in other cities. I have friends in other countries. And I know, like, if I really needed something, that they're there for me. And some people you just connect with and you vibe with. Like, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Now, I have friends like that, too. And friends who it doesn't matter how successful or not successful I am in my career like they're they're always there well that's interesting too though right like people a lot of people want to be there when you're when you're riding that wave up that's that shows you a lot too yes that's another side of it that a lot of people don't really reflect on or talk about yeah but who's there for you during those periods kind of floating yeah uh, you know what? I've kind of had that period recently because I'm going through my transitional phase where mm-hmm. I don't want to just be in gaming. Yeah. And I feel like I've hit a lot of big success points in gaming. And I'm like, you know, like there's more things I can do. But I was like, I feel like I've done a lot in a very yeah. short period of time. And and I want to transition. But part of transitioning is like my agent, my publicist, they're all like, hey, you're going to have to like start kind of moving away from gaming, not talking about it as much and all that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, like, since then, like, you know, people, I'm sure people think, like, oh, Erin's not doing anything. She fell off, right? Like, the same, some right, of the people. your focus has shifted. Yeah, and some of the people who used to hit me up and talk to me, interact with me as much, they aren't doing anymore, right? And I, and I understand, some of it's life experience, but I can tell, I can tell which ones are something else, mm-hmm. right? But I think during these moments, I, I don't know, maybe I'm weird. I actually like these moments because people who are, you truly know who's there for you during those periods Mm -hmm. so when you do rebrand you do change and you do glow up those are the people you want to rock with it's the quiet moments it is Mm -hmm. the quiet calm moments Mm -hmm. but which blows my mind though and 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 i definitely hear from your experience i feel like the the calm moments people always associate those calm moments for like oh they're not maybe up to anything when in actuality like a lot of times the calm moments is you're working on a project you're building it up you're grinding you're you're grinding you're grinding you're doing the work and then you're gonna have like a big oh presentation thing for it you know like for you have you ever had that period of quietness and like what was that period yeah all the time (laughs) you're like i'm home quiet all the time (laughs) i i wear so many different hats and i think probably the the most intense period was like when I was writing my first novel mm. because I just, sh- I had to shut myself off from the world. There was no choice. I was on a deadline, you know, I got paid. I had, this had to be done. There was no choice whatsoever. Um, the second and third were not easier to write, but let's say like I had more time. Time is a luxury. So yeah, I've definitely done that. And, and when you're writing, it's a different beast. It's not... Um, it's not the public facing part of what I do um, or what I'm known for. And that was actually really nice. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked stepping away. But when you live in and work in a town and in an industry that is so dependent on your presence is definitely a challenge for sure. Yeah. And that's actually like where social media used to help more. Now I feel like social media it's not even about you as a person or your passions or your interests anymore. It's all about just chasing this algorithm. And that's kind of sad. 
because mm-hmm. I'm a product of the internet. I, I built my career because of the internet, mm-hmm. um, as did a lot of people I know. And I think that sort of special part of sharing those interests or your passions um, or your projects, right? Like not every piece of music I've worked on is just blown up, but I'm okay with that. And I like what I'm doing. Um, and it's like harder, it's almost harder and harder to reach your audience in a way. That's actually, in a, talk about like learning how to grow and change when we have no control over those things. That's incredibly challenging. It's pay to play now. Mm-hmm. It's pay to play. Or just stuff your face in a chocolate cake like Matilda. Yeah. And like that. That too. You know, that, that worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And when you're going on your journey, obviously, it's not only a career shift, but it's a shift as you as a person. Did you have moments where you outgrew people around you, outgrew people in your immediate circle? And what was that experience like? Because I know, Hmm. you know, I know that sometimes people get really sad because people who are there from the beginning are no longer part of the journey. And that's sad. You know, there is Mm -hmm. a grieving period that comes with that. Like you lose friends, you lose people that were with you. Um, but it's important that like you can't hold yourself back as you are expanding and growing as a person. Right. So what was that like for you? Yeah, because I actually, I pride myself on communication and a lot of people don't know how to communicate. So when you see that a lot of, a lo- let's say like in my early tw- in mid twenties, a lot of friendships that I had and uh, that just kind of fizzled out were because of I don't want to go like too deep into it but and call people out but it's it's because of a lack of communication at the end of the day um which is sort of when you learn about it later it's like okay well it's fine they didn't really value me anyways um but it can yeah it can be lonely especially when you're younger and you're still trying to find yourself um but again I think like looking at the positive side of things I've been able to travel the world since I was really young and make it part of my job. And that's value that I don't want to, it can't replace friendships, but it builds other relationships. And, um, and I, and it goes back into those learning experiences, like learning how to communicate with people and how to, and, and understand what people are actually there for and yeah. why they're there. And if they're going to be a, a real friend or a fair weather friend or, or whatnot but yeah I mean I've also had friends that like yeah you just you know somebody moves you get out you you lose touch and that's a natural part of life as well or people have kids that's a big one people (laughs) have kids and it's like I still try though you know like I don't want to be that friend that let them go so I still um I still maintain contact relationships is a weird one when people get into relationships and then they just cut off the world and you're like isn't that what like your like high school early 20s is about you're too old to still be doing this what the <laughs> hell i know like you got a life still you got a life yeah i think i got what was it i think this came from a tyler perry play where uh medea was i think it was medea was saying like people are like trees there are some people who are like leaves who sway with the wind there's some people like branches who are there, but when the wind gets really hard, they break off. Mm-hmm. There's some people who are like roots. No matter how hard the wind blows, they're still there yep. at the end. And 
I, and I agree like and and I've also realized I've kind of learned through therapies like like you mentioned earlier it's like you gotta bucket people off like even in friendships you bucket mm-hmm. people off you got your party friends you got yeah. your, you got your introverted friends where it's like let's do game night inside you yeah. know like you got all these different kinds of friends and then you got friends that you can rely on but you may not talk all the time like I have friends yeah. who are like that so it's all about just understanding like the placement of where people are in your lives and people mm-hmm. serve different purposes and that's okay and some people their purpose changed over time and yeah. it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it doesn't mean that they're a bad person it's just life that's happens when you grow exactly and even though success can be lonely it's also beautiful because i feel like i've learned so much about myself and have been learned to be so much comfortable and happy with myself yeah through it because you're kind of like force into that a little bit we know what your priorities are yeah yeah and that that changes a lot it does it does you know what else changes the new titles you keep adding to your resume i never (laughs) know what you're working on you are a dj a streamer a musician an author everything so i need to ask you what's the next project you're working on or what you're currently working on and are we gonna have to add a new title CEO. Hey. <laughs> well, I don't know yet, but it will happen. Um, no, I don't want to be CEO. I just want to be. I mean, I you want to be more. I want to be more than. I want to be more behind the scenes than that. You but, are yeah. technically. You're technically a CEO. You're CEO of yeah. your own brand. Yeah. So what's next? Um, I've been working on new music. Um, before pandemic, actually, I started streaming because I wanted to DJ less, and start traveling more for me and not for work so that was odd timing (laughs) really odd timing Uh, that was like 2019 but now i'm back to making some music doing some collaborations still writing here and there uh streaming a lot and that's the thing that i've found probably the most challenging um from this pandemic uh at least long lasting i should say Mm. is that um i've just become so comfortable with streaming and being too comfortable is dangerous. So I'm uh, I'm still obviously doing that. It's like my main focus right now uh, because it, you know, through pandemic, it, it certainly carried me. Um, but I, I know what I need and I know what I crave. And yeah, getting back out there and, and challenging myself to try out some different things and new things, that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. Is there anything that you're super proud of that you have worked on or currently work, working on right now? I would say like my my first novel for sure because I have been writing since I was a kid. Mm. And I tried selling different screenplays. I try, you know, I I I broke down so many doors but like nothing ever got made. I was always at that at that point but nothing ever was made and that opportunity came to me and uh, it was incredibly successful and being able to tour with that mm. i mean i've traveled after that um djing but like touring with a book is just a completely different experience um you connect with people in a different way because uh, it's not nightlife and traveling the world and meeting people from all sorts of different backgrounds and different ages mm. and 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 the women because I think that's um, a misconception is that, like, you only have dude fans. N- nah, man. Like, the people I met around the world. Um, I never really, 
I knew that I wanted to encourage people to be themselves mm -hmm. and and to take charge in what they wanted out of life. But like you tell yourselves these things and you know that's what drives you. But to actually meet people face to face and um and have them tell it to you is another thing. Yeah. It's another experience completely. And um I felt a, a greater responsibility after that tour um so that's definitely up there for me and um i wrote a song with death in vegas uh called consequences of love and it was about my dad who had passed and that got into the mission impossible fallout movie and that wow. that's like that's next level you know you you and that's what i like about making music for me and not for a deadline yeah or for something specific like just making it because you want to be there and, and you're passionate about it and then that's the result that was pretty cool man you live like ten thousand lives yeah. like i think it's awesome and i really enjoy this conversation because i feel like as your friend like i started to learn more and more about you uh, which is great and uh but yeah, we definitely bond over food. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna. Have, <laughs> I was gonna say she said food. I was like, yep, yep. I check that one off. Let's do it. Um, but you're good though. Like I, I really appreciate. I was saying this the other night at your birthday. But like I really appreciate how you keep people together, mm. and and you're like that. You're like the bond. You're the bonding. You know, <laughs> you're the bonding material that keeps people together, and it's really easy to not do that it's really easy to just sit inside yourself or your routines so like get out and try new things we went axe throwing i always wanted to do that I, I wait you did to, i didn't yeah, know that. i always wanted to go axe throwing like finally doing this like i never would have put those pieces together because then <laughs> that's me being lazy but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i've realized i'm the one that's like always texting the group chat like yep. we'll be hanging next come on yeah give me a date it's hard though <laughs> man we're all like especially that part of our friend group yeah we're all super busy all of us are always traveling and other sides of the planet so it's not easy and i appreciate yeah. that because uh friendships do take work they do take work, they do absolutely but i appreciate we all make an effort yep. that's the most important thing absolutely so i can go on and on i mean we can keep our conversation on the next dinner hangout but yeah. uh i want i always end this podcast with this one question what is the one piece of advice you want the viewers to walk away from what is that one real gem you want to drop? Ooh, I always say challenge yourself and challenge the system. Oh, that's a bar. Yeah, that is a bar. All right, Sasha Gray, the woman with many titles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate you for coming on today's episode. Where can they find you on social media? Oh, Sasha Gray everywhere. Yeah, you know, <laughs> everywhere. 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 All on the Almost internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got my blue check back. That's weird. Oh. I woke S up with it. <laughs> like, oh, we're so worried. I know. Look at that. I still don't got it. But you know what? I'm verified in these business streets. Thank you so yes. much for everyone for tuning into today's episode. Let me know what part of the episode did you enjoy? What real gem will you walk away from? Drop in the comment section. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. We have many more episodes coming up. You don't want to miss the next one. It's another amazing guest. Until next time, my name is Erin Ashley Simon, and you're watching Real Gems. Bye, everyone. <laughs>